went from a 24 unit to then saying or committing to and, and obviously not closing but committing to a 458 and then closing on a 350. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host Todd Dexheimer. Now let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, excited to have Prashant Kumar. Prashant, how are you doing today? Very good, Todd. Excited to be here today. Absolutely. Well, looking forward to this conversation. A little bit about Prashant. He's the founder and managing partner of My Realty uh, Gains. And the goal is to acquire and hold stable, income-producing, multifamily apartment complexes and assisted living properties in emerging U.S. markets with long-term capital appreciation and uh, awesome asset management. Does that, that kind of summarize what you're doing? That is absolutely correct. You know, I've been, I've been doing multifamily syndications for last seven, eight years. And for the last three years, I've been doing assisted living projects and we are go- getting deeper into them. Awesome. Take me back to like just your, you know, kind of humble beginnings what made you what made you get into this business what did you what were you doing a little bit before uh this business and then we'll roll in see see basically you know i started doing um you know like everybody else you know single family you know homes Mm. uh, and i was brought in to the real estate by accident by my one of my close friends and he said no prashant go buy it go buy stuff and i ended up buying three single family homes in a year and I realized that, you know, it's not worth my time. Hmm. You know, it takes me two to three months to buy a single family home. Yep. Uh, and the next thing you realize, man, it's just not worth. I mean, I make $100, $200 a home. <laughs> so I moved into multifamily. Uh, same year I bought multifamily. And it was the easiest transaction of my life, probably. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, it was a small multifamily, you know, 24 unit. Okay. From from the day I saw the property till I closed, it was 18 days. Hmm. And it took me five minutes to create my personal, uh, you know, PFS and SRO. And, and that's all. That's all bank needed. You know, my W2, whatever at that time. And I got the loan. And I said, man, this is super. You know, I would make $2,000 from this, $2,000, $3,000 per month from this multifamily. But again, you know, you, you have only so much dry powder, right? I mean, how much can you buy? And that's how I got into multifamily syndication. You know, I started going to all these boot camps. And that's where I guess probably I met you, Todd, uh, you know, way back then. And, uh, you know, you, you end up learning, you know, how to use others' money, right? I mean, and I got passionate about it. And, and that's how it started. My first deal was actually 458 units the syndication, but of course, with other general partners, uh, uh, that's how I started. And, uh, you know, we made some mistakes along the way, obviously, like everybody else, you lose money here, you gain other places. A couple of years, um, I did that part-time, but, uh, you know, as we were talking, I am passionate about learning and all that. I became CCIM and, um, you know, then I said, listen, guys, I'm, I'm, I just have enough on my plate now, so I have to quit. So I'm full-time into real estate uh, for some time now. That's great. I think I might remember 
that 458 units. So walk me through, you know, this is your first deal, 458 units. Of course, like you said, you had some partners. It wasn't all just you, but walk me through, you know, a little bit of details on that deal. And then how did it even come about? Yeah. So, so really speaking, that deal had not worked out. So I will take my word back, but I did end up doing another deal because of that 458 unit. So that's, um, but, that deal got presented to you. You were working on it. It never ended up coming together, but it was kind of, it, it kind of pushed you into that avenue. Is that, that's what that, you're saying? That is exactly what gotcha. I'm saying. Gotcha. Uh, the deal was presented to me. I said, you know, I, like I met you, I had met other folks also. And I told them, guys, I'm here to learn. Okay. I will do whatever you want me to do to help you out. And of course, you know, I was making good money. I had balance sheet. Uh, you know, I had invested money. So they needed earnest money. They needed LP capital. I had a bunch of friends who wanted to bring invest the money. So I potentially helped in all aspects of the deal in negotiating, not so much on negotiating, but more on the, you know, like dealing with attorneys and insurances, you know, property management companies, interviewing all of them. Hmm. It was a tough deal. It was a hairy deal. Let's put it this way. It was a hairy deal. We had a private equity partner in that group, in that deal also was bringing maybe 5 million. I, I don't remember it now. Uh, around that much and we had raised about five million of ourselves uh, it took a long time like four months for us to do we worked hard um, and it was about to be closed on a friday night um, and um, you know i think uh, thursday and midnight private equity guy called us uh, and he said he doesn't want to do do the deal with us wow so i mean all that was done uh, and, you know, you get retraded like that, you know, um, wow. and he said, um, he said he will do the deal by himself. Hmm. So, so he just said, Hey, I'm not, I'm not doing the deal with you guys. I'm good. I, I want to do it by myself. Yeah. And no, I mean, the good thing, the good thing was, you know, he said, guys, I, I'm not going to do the deal with you. And we had no option. We had. $300,000 hard yeah. in that money, in that deal. And we would have lost that money the next day, morning, you know, it would have disappeared. There was no way we could have arranged $5 million from somewhere else. But the guy was good, you know, I, the only thing I should say is he was genuine, not genuine in this. I mean, he said, you guys have done so much work. Let me pay you how much you have spent. And let me give you 1% finder fee also. So all in all, we, you know, yes, I made 50,000 from that experience for four months of, I mean, I got my money back and I made some money uh, during that time for, for that deal. I would have made a lot more, um, but I had all the investors money in my pocket and I had, you know, a little bit of, you know, what I made. So that deal went by, it took me a week or two to kind of reconcile myself. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it kind of, I don't know, obviously there's, we're telling a shortened version, but it just sounds like dirty pool right there. How did yeah. that not sour you and go, I'm not, forget yeah. Yes, yes. You know, I mean, I, it's I not, gotta deal with guys like this who are just going to swipe a deal from me. Yeah, yeah, it happens. I mean, it does happen. <laughs> 
uh, it, it i mean it was really bad experience yeah, but, yeah. but i mean you have if you i mean there are good things when there are good things in the world you have bad things also so i cannot just you know demoralize myself and stop i mean i i was upset right like really upset you know what you are saying you know but yeah rightfully maybe, so yeah rightfully so right but the good thing happened right after that because of this deal i had made so much so many contacts in the market i there was another deal which was closing um and the guy came running hey prashant i'm closing this deal and i need i don't know 2 million 3 million can you help and i i'm going to lose 500000 of my money and i just quickly end up we just quickly end up wrote that deal and and convinced our investors to move the money from that deal to this deal directly and it it worked out i mean hmm. my investors ended up making uh, probably 80% return wow. uh, in 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 about 2 years wow so um, that that was a start i mean that was also like 350 unit project wow. for us uh, but of course at a lesser capacity we were more of co gp while in the first one we were more of sponsor you know uh, but that is my journey were you intimidated at doing a 458 or 350 unit like were you, were you at all intimidated by that or did it feel like a natural step i think uh, the step from 458 to 350 is that what you are asking or step from 24 units to 458 or yeah because i mean you went from 24 it sounds like you went from a 24 unit to then saying or committing to and and obviously not closing but committing to a 458 and then closing on a 350 yeah it was it was a little bit intimidating at that time intimidating at that time um the you know the only thing is you know i had very good partners you know one of my partner um who actually is is my neighbor also not so much i mean within the same town i trust him very much he was in that in the first deal and he was in the second deal also with me so i kind of trusted him and i said man i have to follow something right somebody right i mean so i just followed him um i just hold his hand i still hold his hand you know he, you know we still go for walks in the morning together you know discussing business every day um so i said i have to follow somebody right i mean like i would follow you you know if you were my mentor i'll just hold your hand i would not leave it that's the only way i could grow out of it right i mean as as doing my w2 work i was getting paid enough you know it's not that it was not about money for some reason it was more about passion to do something um and uh, in the second deal it was a little easier because i did not sign on the loan uh, looking back if i think about it maybe it was okay that i came out of 458 unit uh, i don't know how it did um, i did not track it but we were signed, we had signed on the loan also on that so um yeah i mean you have to take steps right you have to be courageous to you have to take bold steps to go to the next level yeah and that's how i was motivated i don't want to brag about myself but that's what i did i ended up doing it sounds like you really grabbed on to surrounding yourself with with kind of the right people uh, how did you go about finding those people to be able to partner with be able to learn from it i think it is all about networking right like we we and i and you are talking and meeting after such a long time and you are you still remember me 
But when you go and meet these people day in, day out uh, on various, you know, I ended up attending seven, um, seven boot camps in seven months. So a lot of networking, a lot of networking, you know, every, you know, I used to fly. So what I used to do is, you know, Thursday, go from, instead of going home, I would go to a boot camp, And then on Sunday, instead of going home, I would go back to, back to my client location. So one weekend I used to skip to attend once a month, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it was a lot of networking, you know, you just, when you are out there, you put yourself out there and the goal and even today, I don't think my goal is to just to make money. It is more to do which I like most. You know, um, I used to get paid, you know, upwards, upward of, you know, maybe quarter million dollars, maybe more. I mean, a, a lot more, you know, a lot of money, you know. But, you know, you are, you are in that bureaucracy, you know, yeah. you, have to, you have to get up, you have to say some, you know, you have to report to somebody. I'm a little bit, you know, I was starting to take a step back from that i was not liking it too much and here i was my own boss whatever i need to do you know so and and money started to come in i mean even five months worth of work on that deal i made a few bucks uh which kind of motivated me even more right so so that's how it is yeah to take me through that first capital raise what you know what did you did you do anything special do you feel like anything that you learned from that capital raise that you can pass on? Well, a lot of people say that they are, they are coming with you and then they don't show up at that last moment. You know that, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I mean, our target is always 1.25 times of what we have to raise. Hmm. At least one, at least 1.25 times. If, if you don't have that target, you're not going to be able to raise what you need. And obviously, I don't have many, I did not have many connections that time. And even today, maybe I don't have that many connections yet. But uh, when you meet people, your friend, fortunately, my friend circle, you know, I mean, everybody in my, my whom I knew in was making what I was making in that range, you know, sure. in that range. So if I go to somebody and say, guys, your money sitting idle in your bank account, you want to make 10% on your money. Um, you know, obviously analyzed. There are a lot of people who said yes. Yep. You know, so um, I was able to raise, I mean, million dollar easily, you know. Uh, when I say easy, it doesn't mean that it just came. I had to make a lot of phone calls. The money just yeah. didn't rain down. I mean. <laughs> it doesn't, it never rains, right? It never rains. You have to grab it. Yeah. You have to find the right people. You look at your phone and you start making phone calls. You leave no stone unturned, you know, my mind doesn't stop unless I, you know, unless I'm done with that capital raise, you know, even today, you know, if, if I had to raise 2 million, I just have to continue to do it, continue to pound it, emails, text, my video, video message, um, you just have to do it, right? That's the nature of business. Yeah. I, I don't have, um, you know, I mean, I have some equity groups who are interested in our groups now, in our projects now. But you have to remain in that mode all the time. It's it's funny that this environment's been so easy over the last few years to raise money. It feels like it just haven't had to put that much effort into it. And recently it's tightened up a lot. Yeah. Or, or yes. People... I don't know if you have you had that same experience. Have you done a raise recently and had that same experience? 
I'm doing that race right now and, yeah. and people have, oh man, you know, interest, interest is rising. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't made a phone call on a capital raise. When we're doing a capital raise, we put out our, our webinar and that, that deal becomes live to our investor network. I haven't done a phone call, text message, or a second email in years. Wow. And the money just comes in. And mm -hmm. we just did a deal recently and I had to, it was so weird. I had to actually pick up the phone and wow. start calling people. And it, it was just because the same, you know, this, this, the market's changed. People are yeah. nervous. And yeah. uh, I think those who are trying to raise capital, if you're listening, you've got to put the work into it. You got to put the effort into it. You've got to network like, like Prashant has been doing over the last many years. And you can't just assume, I think a lot of people assume they can raise the money because they know people that have money. That will, yeah, that's not truth. There's no truth with that. Basically. Yeah. How do you convert? You've got a person, you've got these people that you looked at your phone and you said, all right, that person makes some good money. That person makes good money. I know them. I know them. How do you, what do you do to convert those people? Because just because they make good money, just because they have the money and they like even the idea of investing doesn't mean they're going to invest with you. So how do you convert those people? Do you have any, I don't know, tips you can give us? I think I would, it would be too much for me to say if I knew the golden rule uh, because nobody has a golden rule right i mean it is it is really a hard, it is really hard work one thing i do is i mean my strategy is i make a video message and i send it to everybody right i mean on my like phone a, through a text or what how do you send it i do i do it through a text you know there, okay. there are various services you know slight text or somebody gave me another website also so uh, and slight I, I, text Slight text is a text broadcasting, text mm. broadcasting, right? So uh, I download everything. I mean, sometimes I just send a text, you know, guys, I have a lead coming up, S-L-Y-T-E-X-T. Uh, and th there is a service called, um, and I will let you know, Todd, I don't, I'm not remembering it right now, but if I make a small video, I can send it to, just make a video. And then um, if you have that app, that app will send that to whomsoever you want to send it to, in one go rather than you sending it separately. So if you do that, um, you know, at least you have told the world that you have a deal, right? Uh, and then, then you sit tight for a day or two, and then you send another one after a week. So it's like warming up the leads. Mm -hmm. The guys who don't want to invest, it's better that they don't invest, you know, because there are many people, you know, who becomes more of an, more of a pain uh, than, a passive investor. They are not passive investor. They want to know everything, you know. Oh, when is my check coming? When is what is happening in the deal? So I mean how do, you against... how do you navigate that? Have you have you had that happen to you yet? Oh, that happens all the time. How do you navigate through the the pesky for lack of a better term, the pesky yeah. investor that's maybe taking up all of your time when you know you're like, hey, you You've probably already answered the question. So, yeah. so how do you deal with that investor? Do you have any yeah. strategies? I, I just remain humble, you know. I just remain humble. Hey, listen, I, I understand your concern. Whether you ask me the question or not, you are going to get it in the answer in the report anyway, yeah. right? The report is coming. You know, you calling me every week doesn't really help you and me because 
for this, I'll have to look into it, which will take me half an hour. I'm going to give you the answer in, in the report at month end anyway. So just hold on, hold on. When is, you know, K1 is coming. When is the K1 coming? I said, whether you ask me or not, doesn't matter. I'm working on it. Uh, and I will give you the update as soon as I have one. Yeah. So I try to give, try to not hurt them, but give them something and tell them, yes, it is in works. Mm-hmm. And slowly at some point, you know, they start trusting you. Uh, it's just a diplomatic solution. You know, it's not like you can fight with them because they are your investors. You yeah. you have their money and, and you guard their money, uh, whether they ask for it or not, you know, it's just a mental satisfaction thing. So you just, you just start, you know, you sort of become, you sort of become, uh, I don't want to call it a salesperson, but it's more like a therapy. Yeah. yeah. Therapy yeah. for them. Right. So you say, you know, you tell them, buddy, I'm working on it. It is, I, you are on my top priority. You'll get an answer as soon as I have one, you know, and then you will get it. You know, it's not that you're not going to get it. So sort of people get people, you know, slowly understand, start to understand that piece also. Yeah. And that's, that's key too, right? So some investors are just going to be nervous up front. I mean, they invested $50,000 or a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it might be. And that's a lot of money. Yeah. And, and so they're nervous and they want to know what's happening with their money. I, you know, I, I find just clear, consistent communication is going to help a lot. And yeah. you might have some of those extra phone calls to start out with. But like you said, if, if you're providing the information, if you're being truthful, likely yeah. those questions yeah. are going to just kind of go to the, go to the wayside after a while. Yeah. How often yeah. are you communicating with your investors when, you know, I, you send me a deal. I like it. And I go, Hey, I'm going to invest a hundred thousand dollars into your deal. How often am I going to hear from you? See if deal has not closed, if you have oh, said that, Oh, after it's closed, uh, mostly every month, Okay. mostly every month, you know, we have a report going out saying, this is what is going on. This is the bad part. This is the good part. And we are meeting our projections. We are not meeting our projections. Are we going to do the distribution or not? If, if, not why not and if there's anything bad good we just remain totally transparent and you know we give them some good news also so that uh, they understand why it is delayed uh, and when it is delayed when a distribution is delayed when will it come and potentially how much you know if we knew but uh, i mean you never know how much you're going to distribute so we just try to remain truthful and, and investors appreciate that and you know that very well right Prashant, one of your goals is, or, or your your promises, or your whatever you want to call it, is to, to provide sound and solid asset management to your properties. Yeah. How do you guys do that? How do you maybe differentiate yourself, or how do you make sure you're providing sound asset management so your properties are successful? So the last three properties that we have acquired, I mean... I mean, we are very consistent on our communication. That's number one. And we have uh, two asset managers who are working on it almost full time. I mean, one taking care of all the paperwork. Second, very experienced person who looks at the deal. I mean, who does the management. Mm -hmm. And of course, we are involved uh, in all, in whatever capacity we are involved in. Um, To be truthful, um, I would lie to if I say that we do the best asset management, um, uh, we are 
getting there. We have not been unsuccessful. We have been successful so far. Can we do better? Obviously, we can do much better uh, in our projects. But overall, investors have been happy so far um, because we have not failed them yet, right? I mean, we have not really failed yet. Um, so um, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say. I shouldn't say that uh, you know we do the best asset management. I'm just very honest, you know, straight from the horse's mouth. Um, there are a lot of things that we can improve, but we do have consistent calls among ourselves, making sure the property management. We, we change our property manager if we if it doesn't work out. We are at a position where m- most of our properties are being managed by the same management company, mm-hmm. so we are trying to achieve the synergies. Um, similarly, all the accountings are accounting is happening by one company, so we are achieving synergies there. So, what investors see across the properties, they know what those numbers mean. I mean, how the report looks like. You know, all the reports look similar in a similar format. So, so all that is is coming along, uh, and I'm pretty sure you know in future we'll we'll do much better. You know, I like that attitude, right? You're not you realize you're not perfect. You can always get better, but you have that awareness about yourself. And so you guys are always working on it. You're trying to figure out different ways, better ways to continue to improve. Uh, I think that's so valuable. Yeah, that's, I mean, our goal, as I said, you know, we were talking earlier is not just to make money, money, money will come, right? I mean, maybe it won't come this year, but it will come, right? So, so that's all it is. Uh, Money is not an important aspect. Uh, squeezing pennies is not an important aspect. Better quality tenants, better, uh, f- uh, I mean, um, assets, uh, better places for tenants to live. And when tenants have better places to live, you know, then they obviously pay higher rents and higher rents drive everything. So that has been our goal. But uh, like you know, that the market is very challenging. A um, lot of a lot of turmoil going on, a lot of competition out there, right? I mean, you cannot find anything below, you know, hundred thousand dollar a door. I mean, it's, there's nothing called hundred thousand dollar a door anymore. Yeah. So, um, uh, I think we'll we'll get there. It's just tough time, you know, right now. Uh, the market um, conditions, mm-hmm. and that's how it is in in all the recession. Maybe I'm I'm going in a different direction, but the recession, um, you know whether it's a bear market or not, it it shall pass too, right? I mean, it shall pass too in a year or two. Um, things will change. And by the time, hopefully, we have gained that much momentum to do better for future. Yeah, I think people forget the average recession lasts around nine, nine months, right? Yeah, see? So whether yeah. we're in a recession right now or not, or going to be heading into one, the the likelihood is that it's going to last you know, between six and 12 months. That's all. Yeah, that's just, uh, that's just kind of reality. Now, could it last longer? Sure. It could yeah. last last time. Absolutely. But yes, yeah. you know, reality says, or, or history says it's probably, you know, somewhere between that six and 12 month mark and then things to start to shake out again. So it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, I know the news makes it sound like all doom and gloom, but it's not all doom and gloom out there. Yeah. I mean, you have to look at the brighter side, right? You may be sitting with your money uh, in your bank account, doing and the money devaluating every day by by a percent, 
uh, with a 10 or 12 percent inflation uh, or even 8 percent inflation you, your money is losing value at least uh, you know 0.65 percent every month yeah. so so all in all uh, you want your money to work right i mean you, you put the money maybe because of that fear a lot of people are backing off a lot of deals i mean you are buying hopefully deals slightly cheaper than what normally you would buy it for we invest in them and 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 we it takes a year at least to kind of get in a deal and do things right anytime you get into a deal you you don't come out at least at least in first year you never come out right it takes more than that time anyway yeah. two years maybe after two three, two to three years is, is the ideal time when you would come out so why, why not make your money work starting now i mean right. Why would you wait for in, for recession to be over um, and and you losing ten percent of your money uh, while the money is sitting in the bank bank account? Yeah, especially in this environment, like you said. I mean, it's different when inflation is only eroding your dollar by you know two percent, but when it's eroding it by eight to ten percent, that makes yeah. a big difference really really quickly. It starts to yeah. add up. It's like you know this that snowball that just starts to really build. Uh, become become a big problem pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, before the call we were talking, and you're doing some assisted living. You owned uh, some smaller assisted. We can talk about that, but now you're doing some pretty interesting projects. Let's dive in there, if that's okay. I want to talk about kind of the projects you're doing and and why assisted. What made you think that hey, senior housing is a good avenue? And uh, and you want to take a, a, a little stab and run at it? See, we. Um, I mean, I think I do not know why I'm getting into assisted living. Why I got into assisted living to begin with? I think that it is probably a little bit more because of the nature, the humbleness. And again, I don't want to brag about myself in any way. That's not my goal. But I grew up with my grandfather all the time. I mean, all the years, you know, of my life. You know, he he was with us. And I have very great affection to elders. You know, I get along elderly people very much. You know, that's like my forte. You know, I don't get along with my folks next, you know, with my age, but with elderly people, I do get along very well. So, I mean, in a way, you know, I wanted to do something uh, for elderly, for elderly care, you know, let's just put it this way. And that's how, I mean, while multifamily, you know, we were doing multifamily, we said, let's do some assisted living as a pilot project and see where it goes. Yeah. So we bought, you know, three assisted living single family homes as a pilot project to learn the business, yeah. to know what could go wrong in that business. Uh, and it took about three years. We, had, I don't think we lost any money, but we did not make money there, and, and which is okay. I mean, because we bought uh, tough properties, they had to be rehabbed and stuff like that. There was no fault of anybody there but we can find out the potential. You know, well, potential is pretty high, you know, every day, you know, a lot of people are becoming uh, 80 plus, you know, that's gonna be a silver tsunami over the next five to 10 years. Yep. Uh, a lot of baby movers are becoming, getting to that age and construction is not keeping up. So demand is growing basically yeah. in a sustainable space. Yeah. So. Yeah, over a million people are going to be turning 80 plus by 2027 compared yeah. to 300,000 today. Yeah. 
Here you go. So <laughs> that's per year, right? And you give that status per year. Per year. Over a million in people per yeah. year turned yeah. 80 plus by 2027. Yeah. So it's, it's 3x. 3x. Yeah. So, so you can imagine how much is going to be the demand, you know, yeah. and supply is not there. Supply is not there, not to handle that. Supply yeah. is there to handle what we have right now, yeah. not what's coming. Yeah, supply, supply is not, supply is not, supply is not there, um, and uh, because of that, um, you know, um, it's a good space to be in. I mean, uh, we do three deals in multifamily. Um, if you do one deal correctly in assisted living, you probably can um, make that kind of returns. Yeah. I mean, better returns. I mean, just better returns. You know, yeah. nobody see the fundamental thing is nobody's nobody is getting younger. We all are aging, right? I mean, nobody is getting younger. That's the fundamental, and, and that's the target market. You know, everybody needs space to live, right? Multifamily is there, but and at the same time, everybody is gonna need care. Mm -hmm. And uh, you you get in and uh, and do your best, basically. You know. Uh, I mean, again, my mindset is not just to make money, um, but these projects give you have tremendous cash flow if you can do it correctly. You can, yeah. What? what uh, so, so these these projects that you got going on right now, ground up development, uh, you know, existing buildings. What are you doing? So I am not doing ground up development because I'm not a builder. I know nothing about how to build. Uh, I do not know how to swing a hammer. So uh, what I'm really doing is I am converting um, places into assisted living where demand is higher, much higher than supply. Hmm. A project which where, I mean, there's another, there's one project which I'm doing in Arizona right now. There the demand is three times the supply and supply, and supply includes the supply that I'm creating. So even if I create 150 beds supply, demand, the overall supply is 250, including my 150 beds, and overall demand is 750 beds. So, I mean, that's like a no-brainer. If I could make it work, chances of us getting us getting that filled is pretty, pretty steep, you know, pretty good, you know. Similarly, the other project which I'm doing, I bought at a very good uh, uh, cost basis, you know, $8.1 million building. I bought it for uh, $1.7 million <laughs> because the seller didn't want to do anything. He's more of a construction guy. He said, Prashant, just take it. Take it from me. <laughs> and we were in contract for a long time. Uh, very humble guy. He said, just take this thing and, and run with it. He's into construction. He said, I don't want to do anything related to medical for whatever reason. So you, you find a good cost basis and then you convert. Yes, obviously you put a lot of money. Uh, you convert it and then you you look at the demand first. You know, we have doubled the demand where, than supply. Where are you going to find that information? How do you know that there's demand there? That Yeah, that's your uh, cost of doing business. You know, <laughs> you engage consultants, you engage. I mean, you're, you hiring, can, you're hiring that out to get market yeah. data research yes yes market, i mean you can look at nick data you know yeah. nic data you know dot com uh, but that information comes mostly from consultants you know or from yeah. 
your property management company, when you locate a property, you will go to your operator and tell, listen, buddy, give me, give me some information about this property. What is, how is it looking? How's the demand in this area? Yeah. And they, they have access to all those databases, right? I mean, I don't even know what they are. And, and now I know, basically, I, I go to ISRI and being a CCIM, yeah. I, I look at CCIM data, uh, do the profiling, how much is the population, how much is the population above 80, how much of them could is above the medium income. And then you kind of, you know, say that, okay, this is kind of derive some demand from that data right once you drive some demand and then you look at the supply i mean supply is mostly available um, and then uh, then you see whether it makes sense to do a business business project here or not right so i mean most most i mean whether you look at it or not bank is going to look at it anyway yeah right right bank yeah. Was the they want to see those reports and getting finance is going to be a lot easier if they can see the reports so they can see why you like that building. And especially when you're doing a redevelopment, you're taking a, a, a hotel or taking a, you know, some, something that's the different use and you're converting it. They want to know, why do you think this is successful? Cause you're putting new units online and just because other people are 90% occupied, occupied doesn't mean you can be. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is true. I mean, you have to have the, uh, you have to have the case. Uh, basically your operator, you know, I'm not an operator. Yeah. Uh, you, you bring your operator in the deal uh, in some capacity. Uh, and, and then you kind of say that they have the equity ownership or whatever, uh, or to give the partnership and um, somebody who has done it before. I don't have that experience. You, you kind of build that experience having right partners. Yeah. And then you, you go to the bank. Prashant, What's a mistake that you've made along this journey? How have you learned from it? How can you teach our audience? See, one thing I must say um, that learn to walk before you run, hmm. right? It did you looks, run into something? Did you, did I, you learn like that? Yes, I ended up <laughs> I mean, the first deal, right? Yeah. First deal, we didn't know, you know how to deal with equity partners, hmm. uh, right? Uh, and so one one is that okay I'll, I'll get back to that your question one is learn to walk before you run number one number two have a mentor or surround yourself with the right people you know if you are getting in a deal um, have somebody hold your hand so that you do not make mistakes because if you make a mistake you those mistakes will be very costly Right. So, uh, and I'll explain why I said that. Yeah, it is easy to, I mean, yeah, buying a 24 unit is easy, but buying a 450 unit is very difficult, right? You do not know anything, right? It takes, and you can make mistake, you know, you do not know how to negotiate with your seller. You do not know how to negotiate with your lender. Lender can retrade you anytime. Yeah. Seller can, I mean, property management company retraded us, forget about lender. So, <laughs> So everybody can, you know, because everybody is looking, looking after their interest. So you have to establish yourself before you go into bigger deals. That's my number one thing. Second is, second, what I said, surround yourself with the right people, yeah. you know, people like yourself or, you know, the mastermind group, uh, you get in and discuss your deals with them. There's no need for there's no need for you to do the whole deal yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and, and just having that second set of eyes, right? I, I look at one the first kind of big deal that I did and just having that second set of eyes on it to say, hey, did you think about this? Did you think about that? Hey, have you looked at this? It's so valuable because it's so easy to make something look good on paper. Oh, yeah. But it's got to look good in reality. That's it the, has to. It has that's to. the key. That's the key. That's the key. And and things go bad. Yeah. And they can go bad very quickly in a moment's time. You may yeah. be happy right now and two hours. I mean, after the next call, you know, your lender says, I'm dropping off. You're, you're done, right? Yeah. I mean, your hard money is gone. Yeah. I mean, have the right attorney around you, you know, who could stand by you. Mm-hmm. There are tons of attorney. There are a lot of them who do not know what to do when the situation arises. So you have to have the right attorney, yeah. you know, right partners, um, right second set of eyes, yeah. because like everything else, it, it's a risky business too. Yeah. I mean, it's not that it's not, there's no risk. They, those who are operators, they have, they know, and you know it very well uh, in my mind. Yeah. Prashant, I got a couple last questions and we're going to wrap up. Um, What's a favorite book, business, real estate, um, you know, just, just something, mindset, whatever, something you really like? See, I, I, I never said that. Uh, I never mentioned on this podcast, I'm a trainer. I'm a meditation trainer. I train people to gain peace, mm-hmm. to, you know, and that's just a passion of mine. Yeah, I live for it. I don't, there's no money. I never charge any money uh, for that. I would do it uh, for my life, you know. That's like my highest priority in my life to to serve, so to say. I come from that uh, mindset, um, and and there is a book called um, the Heartfulness Way. V- very simple book, ten dollar book or whatever. Um, uh, and I like that book very much. And there are a bunch of books, you know. Obviously, uh, it's an, it's one of the Amazon best selling book, the Heartfulness Way. Very simply written. Uh, that's sort of my favorite book. I mean, there are many more. Uh, in business, um, I've not read many books. I have learned talking to folks like you yeah. on the podcast, uh, but I don't read too much. I just, you know, I'm that kind of person, visual and talking kind of person. Sure. Where I learn from well, we actions. Learn different ways too, right? Yeah. I mean, you just got to know how you learn. Sitting down and reading a book might work. For some people, it might not work for others. So, yeah, definitely. If you're more, hey, visual, I gotta hear it. I gotta talk to people. That's what's gonna work the best. Yeah. Last question: What are your three pillars of wealth creation? Three pillars. See, mindset is definitely number one. You know, if you confine yourself, um, not taking action, you know, mindset obviously, and the hard work. You have to have the right mindset, in a broad mindset, ability to, to accept challenges. Yeah. Right? You know, you see the bigger deal, you jump onto it. You may not do it, but give your best shot to, to do it, right? I mean, right. and that comes from the mindset. I have seen, okay, I'll give an example. I, I bought a 72 unit for myself and I brought it to my partner. And he looked at the deal, he said, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. He just said, no, after looking at it at five minutes, I ended up doing it myself. I just bought it for myself. And that's, that's my best cash flowing asset. Hmm. I've doubled or potentially two and a half times my money on this 
without doing anything. Hmm. Your best cash cash flowing asset. So you never know where the opportunity may come. You know, so so the world is like that. You know, you have to remain open and vigilant where you can find a good deal. That's, that's, I mean, that's, I think that was due to mindset only. I could buy that deal. Yeah. I mean, at that time, buying a 72 unit was a big, big deal uh, for me, myself, I mean, from my savings. But I think that's the best uh, thing I did. I could actually even retire because of that. Yeah. And obviously hard work, you know, that, that and networking. These are the three things um, that uh, I think uh, they come, they, they go a long way, you know. Your network is your net worth. They say it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, mindset, hard work, networking are all three super valuable things. If you're gonna want to be successful in business and and, and happy, probably. And, and so, Prashant, yeah. really appreciate the time you've been able to spend with us. A lot of great information, fun story. Uh, I just love that you went out and and you did something bold. You know, you go from buying some single families to a 24 unit to a 458 unit deal that you didn't do, but you learned a ton from, to then turning that 458 unit, uh, you know, failure for lack of better term, to a 350 unit success story. uh, And then well beyond that, of course. So really appreciate the time you've spent with us, the stories, uh, a lot of a lot of valuable insight that you've been able to give to our listeners. So again, appreciate it. And uh, you have a fantastic rest of the day. You too, th- Tor. Uh, thanks for taking time to interview me here on your podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. And then how can our listeners get in touch with you, learn more about what you got going on? I have my website, myrealtygains.com. I'm in somewhere at the back, myrealtygains.com. And that's my, um, you know, email ID also, Prashant at myrealtygains.com. And I have a small portal. You put, you can schedule a call with me right there. Awesome. All right. Take care, my friend. Todd, thank you so much again. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, Give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.